for not taking a fucking vaccine. This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually playing with. Yeah, in a group they might come and fucking intimidate me and whatnot. But fuck, they do not understand what the fuck just one person like myself is capable of. They do not fucking understand. No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood blood. Never! I will fucking die fucking fighting for my forefathers and my fucking lineage. Fuck these motherfuckers.
Jihad, 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 jihad. Yee. We're going to be taking a look at some uh, cat and monkeys again, folks. And, uh, oh, we got some data dropped uh, yesterday. Why am I so loud? Turn that down a sec. Um, we're going to be, of course, digging into uh, Tier 1 Grifter, Copeland, and, uh, yeah, the other Lickspittle that goes around trying to uh, act the smart ass when he's literally not qualified to do so. He's called Drew Comments. Uh, we will be taking a look at these uh, cretins and taking a look. I want to break down a little bit their motivations. And the last stream that I did uh, with Gaslighting Gilligan, we're talking about how they're trying to set up dialectics to introduce what essentially is 21st century Bolshevism, in my view. I mean, he had a couple of different labels, but we're both describing the same thing. It's blind men sort of uh, feeling around the elephant and describing uh, what it is that they're they're touching but um but we can just we can be sure that it's tyranny and it's uh it doesn't have your best interests at heart and the crux of the argument right now is have these people who are trying to instantiate this tyranny through war play famine the unleashing of the four horses of the apocalypse are they how do we deal with essentially their ideological foot soldiers and useful idiots is another great turn of phrase. And we, we need to look at who Copeland is, who Drew Comments is, the type of thinking that they engage in. And I'm, I'll make the argument that in, in a situation like we have right now, if we can't defang them across the digital battle space, eventually, and <laughs> if you want my opinion, they've already crossed the line with respect to violence done against us. Violence through the release of these pathogens, violence through the weaponization of the bureaucracy, violence through the force mandating of gene transfection technologies that express amyloidogenic peptides that have you know, relatively well understood disease-causing mechanisms. And we're going to see that, um, in, in this case, I'm going to be focusing more on Drew because he came into... Steve Kirsch's space yesterday and the um the simple fact is is that they they are trying desperately to deny that there's any any link with respect to preenergic mechanisms amyloid amyloidogenic peptides etc you know there's a you've all been here a long time now I shouldn't have to keep listing off everything and they're desperate, desperate to deny that that is a factor at play and could be potentially leading to what we're seeing as sustained all-cause death as they've transfected and then boosted people again and again. Now, let's hope that now they've stopped or it's winding down somewhat that we'll see the deaths start to um, drop down a little bit. But... Um, he changed his name to Drew Coombs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what are we going to be doing? We, we will be, we're going to listen to 
him speaking in the space yesterday where there was this Indian doctor who was just um, swatting him away left, right and centre. But he, he and that Indian guy was brilliant. I would love I'd love to just do a stream with him because he was smart, articulate and understands understands medical ethics very, very well. Whereas the uh, <laughs> ghetto monkeys don't right they've been given a script they're being paid to do it and they are um again they're just ideologically possessed drones and simple fact is if we can't defeat them in the information space history tells us where this goes and you know just my words of advice to you is uh, get ready and uh, show no quarter to these people Okay, because they've got a very specific set of tactics, which is, and again, this comes down to them, the, the neo-Marxist race deconstructionist arguments that they use and throw in like uh, hand grenades to try to throw people off balance. And the problem is when you're dealing with um, people who have been trained institutionally, they, they become paralyzed in the face of this type of response. And you've got to be able to get past that. You've got to be able to walk past the, uh, the epithets where they'll throw at you and they'll call you, oh, God, you're racist. And it doesn't mean anything. If you can't, if you can't walk through that, you ain't going to walk through what's coming next. Trust me. Okay. All right. So let us, um, you got to see this, that drew the jean jab pusher. Um, all right, let me have a look. I'll bring this up, but let's uh, change screens. I've been fiddling around. There was new meme roll. I want to find different music for the meme roll, and there was a couple of repeats in there. But uh, I hope you like the meme. <laughs> the new memes, they look great. Uh, let's see. Copeland talked about either his looks or your looks, your teeth in particular, again and again in the chat from part one stream sign of great yeah these people are thick and stupid they have been elevated by diversity mongering esg hunting corporations and they've inflated what are essentially dimwits into positions where they have no business being because they lack the intellectual capacity to hold all the elements of the equation together and instead, it crumbles down into these ideologically driven trains of thought, which are essentially, at the end of the day, very, very dangerous. We know how it goes historically. We know what the oligarch class wants. And, you know, they'll do anything to stir it up. And, you know, you can, be, you can try and be all come by R about it and uh, turn the other cheek. But when these people have come for you and they've already drawn blood with respect to their pathogens and their medical countermeasures and you're just going to sit there and let them <laughs> let them just keep taking the piss and slapping you upside of the ear while they call you, oh god you racist homophobe misogynist is, is that what you're going to do? you got to toughen the fuck up if that's the case so let's uh, let's get into it the bleaks alright so um I'm putting this everywhere. What a gay bi homo faggot chin you have there, Copeland. You're too much of a lick spittle, no spine, tiny testicle, ball brained dimwit to try and come and argue the actual scientific data with someone who actually knows what they're talking about. 
And like I say, this is, this is war, as far as I'm concerned, and I will go to the <laughs> lengths of the earth to make sure that, the, that your kind does not get into ascendancy. Uh, learn from them, fight like them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show no quarter. They will do you in a second. They're, they'll be the ones that are lining you up in pits and putting bullets in the back of your head because you have engaged in wrong think. This, this is how serious it is, the, the state of affairs that we're dealing with. This is how bad the world has gotten. And it's global in its attempts right now. Like the, like the Soviet Union, or, or sorry, it's Russia, and the conversion to the Soviet Union. We're, we're looking at the same mechanisms at play again, only this time it's the 21st century version. It's far more sophisticated. It's far quicker. It's far slicker. And it's coming for you and your family. Okay? Now, you know, I'm... <laughs> Much as uh, I would like to go uh, finding the uh, Antifa nests and uh, setting them ablaze uh, <laughs> with nary, nary a uh, flicker of uh, <laughs> twinge in my consciousness. I uh, uh, Conscience, I should say. The, um, you, you've got to learn that you're in a real, real fight. Fight to the death. And so you've got to wake up, folks gotta wake up all right so hang on people people are asking me to look at some tweets i, I mean i had some that are um lined up and funny what is this what? 875 an hour? What? 875. Do you work at all? I'm a motherfucking microbiologist. So oh, that's, do, you know want, do you want to compare credentials? No, I'm saying... Do you want to compare credentials? I got, I, I got a job. Mm. Microbiology. What do you got? What do I got? I got a job. Like, this, this is what happens when you elevate, elevate diversity above competence. Okay? <laughs> Maybe the guy in the auto zone was a complete asshole. I don't know, but I keep seeing the same patterns of behavior. Job here. Oh. Okay, well, do that. Right. I got big nuts. <laughs> Yee. Big dick energy, dog. Small brain. <laughs> Touche, AutoZone worker. Okay, no, no, what? please, please don't, don't. Just, who, just who, who are you talking to? No, no, no. You don't know what type of day people is having? I don't, I don't know. So, so, so who are so, you to comment? What's wrong with, with, you can't take words? You're a microbiologist. You take words. Okay. Well, I do numbers. I don't take words. Okay, well, numbers. <laughs> yee. Yee, dog. I do numbers. Yee. I do numbers. I don't take right. words. All right. Again, this is what happens when you weaponize and empower this type of ideology. This is what you're going to get. This is why you're seeing America tear itself apart. Good for you. You keep talking, I'm be waiting for you outside. Oh, yeah. Sure. 
Um, what was the other one that you wanted me to post? That one was pretty funny. <laughs> Those fucking ghetto monkeys, man. That's why, that's why folks, uh, there is the Second Amendment. And um, I, I think if that older fellow, gentleman, uh, with those video cameras running, uh, with that guy after smashing up the store and uh, walking and, and trying to stalk him down, should have unloaded a clip into him. It's that simple. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's start to hurt. They don't learn. Um... What was the next one? <laughs> this I've been uh, posting this paper and uh let's see we're going to we're going to get into uh, amyloidosis but uh, and seeing everything you tweeted is cap I don't know what this means to explore the effect of SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines on innate immunity 50,000 study by Cleveland Clinic finds that more doses of covid you've received the more likely you are to become infected with covid um is that uh, is that paper been published um let's see and anyway um he's this this retard is a fucking monkey and looks like that chimp in AutoZone that we just looked at and we gotta get we're gonna get into that because these people are weaponized so anyway let's uh let's start from the beginning so uh, this one, this meme is great. <laughs> A riff on uh, Copeland's uh, Twitter. <laughs> Ian Copeland, uh, LARPA level geneticist, nonsense provider, bleak excellence, business email, ian.copeland at chiponmyshoulder.org. And uh, the finishing touch there, which uh, he has the, he does have that. He does have that banner on there, and uh, yeah, God has white hands. <laughs> we was kangs. We was kangs and shit. Microbiologist kangs. All right. <laughs> You wondered in here. Wondered who I am. That is me. I am a real scientist with actual, real published metrics, which means I am a domain level expert that finds myself now at the forefront. At the where are we? Tip of the spear, edge of the knife. In dealing, in dealing with the foot soldiers and the command structure of the technocratic tyranny coming our way. Okay, and you know, I saw this interesting study the other day right where people people have quantified how much the word racist have been used in the new york times washington times and literally within like the last sort of six years it's sort of gone exponential as they've, they're trying to weaponize the um, again the people who think that they've they're, uh, they're oh you are you owe me nigga you owe me uh, they think that they're owed something because of some past historical grievance that probably had nothing, nothing to do with uh, most most people that exist. And uh, we all know, we all know who owned those slave ships. We all know. 
<laughs> it shut up around 2011. Thank you, uh, Daft B3TA. Much, much appreciated. Um, did I watch uh, Who's Tonic earlier towards the end of his show? He said prions do not exist. Is that true? Poor Mark is spiraling. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Don't drink from the cooey cup. <laughs> prions exist. Trust me. Uh, only white man is racist. Yeah, that is true. Right. So um, in order to maintain a presence in the information war battle space, you've got to have a forward operating base. And ours, of course, is McCannDojo.com, where you can go to uh, find the, the links and <laughs> keep keep me in the war. You can become a Patreon if you like. Um, I don't mind that. Uh, but you're giving a third away. WTYL.live tip jar or the tools of your oppressors in the corner there. The QR code will take you to our payment processing where maximum, maximum revenue is obtained. Uh, stream fags, gay pal, should you sing that way? And here's a more, uh, how should we say, rapid uh, way to get to PayPal. Let me just put that in the chat again. If you want to send a dono, I am keeping an eye on the email because I don't get an auto alert through PayPal at the moment. And um, of course, you can join the Discord uh, from there as well. And you, if you like, you can receive an email uh, should you so wish if your uh, box isn't full already. And uh, when I go live, I try to send out an email and you can watch the stream live on that site. And of course, we have a backup uh, streaming service video on demand uh, with all our own servers and shit. It's shit hot. And you need this type of thing for the, uh, the information war that we're in. And it's you guys supporting me that enables enables us to push back. Okay, and you, you're gonna you're gonna need multiple approaches in order to break and crack this nut. You're gonna need the smooth talking doctors. You're gonna need the, <laughs> and then you're gonna then you're gonna need uh, the uh, rough rough and ready that don't mind getting in there and uh, <laughs> swinging it through and uh, you know laying a beating down onto uh, <laughs> obnoxious. Uh, <laughs> race race grievance mongers that need a good backhand now and again uh let's see let's see mark did some good work summarizing books and making a few connections but he's totally out of his wheelhouse and now an idea what he's talking about when it comes to medicine and biology yeah yeah look man mark is a powerful weapon if you if you set him up looking at the um the networks and the individuals involved in that work he's just Look, all people can't be all things, okay? And to expect him to have the, um, to jump into complex molecular biology and uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's just asking too much, right? And, you know, the, you're going to get, you're going to get taken in by these systems that want you to think that, that they want you to believe prions aren't real they want you to believe viruses aren't real okay and then they want you to be uh, an ideologue on the other side where uh, you you deserve lick spill back in your kill box ready for injections 
um, they, they, they want a very large cohort like that. And they, they detest individuals like myself and the people that follow me and the networks that I'm associated with because we're not so easy to break and because we have the technical capability to deconstruct a lot of their argumentation. All right, so um, as before we're going on, I owe, I owe uh, Hans uh, a, a drip and uh, oh, there's been a few donos already. So uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's get those out of the way. And uh, for Hans, this one is loaded now onto the uh, onto the keyboard. See if this works. Come on, Arab chats. أدري مليون ونص جيش 1993 a good doggy says they do not understand. <laughs> Fuck these kaffirs! No fucking vaccine or MRA will ever flow through my fucking blood. blood. Never. <laughs> you good doggy, and uh, I want to say shout out to Kay and John um, for you can have the Saddam drip. Come on, Saddam, bring it. What Chad? All right, so <laughs> let's uh, let's move on and find out a little bit about. Uh, of course, <laughs> this is this is the uh, <laughs> the nuclear the nuclear warhead meme that set Copeland off. <laughs> I'm just gonna have to put it as much as possible, and uh, it seems Twitter compliant as far as I can tell. So. Um, just don't call him a low tier genetic, low tier IQ, low tier specimen. <laughs> apparently, apparently you're not allowed to do that. <laughs> that's what that's what I got uh, a strike for calling him low tier. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, now we learned about uh, his shitty Wix site business and uh, 2CI genomics, whatever, and uh, it very much seems to be a family affair with, uh, I'm guessing, brothers and uh, his father. Now I want to look. Uh, we can look a little closer at uh, who Copeland's father is, and we can begin to understand where the emotional drive is coming from. And um, I think it 
critically important, especially as we try to um, analyze the weapons that are being deployed against us. Now, where did that go? I'm Chair Warlord in the house. Good to see you. Uh, just let me know if you need a retweet, buddy. Uh, yes, I'm Chair. Retweet this sucker. Let's get it out there and um, <laughs> show these uh, show these clowns for what they are. And so this, I believe, is uh, the father of uh, Ian Copeland, Ronald L. Copeland, MD, FACS. Now he is senior vice president of National Diversity and Inclusion Strategy and Policy and Chief Equity, Inclusion and Diversity Officer at Kaiser Foundation Health Plan and Hospitals. Now, if, you, if that doesn't sound like an as Orwellian 21st century rainbow-coloured tech fascism job title as you can get, I don't know what to tell you. And I can assure you that this man has that chip on his shoulder. Right. You are you owe me. You owe me. And they will use it. They, they will use it to get into positions to try to suppress you and push their agenda with. And again, they don't realize that they're being played by larger forces in the uh, in the universe. Let's put it that way. Um, it's, it, it, low tier was Kang's, says good doggy. Hi. <laughs> Um, actually, uh, Armchair Warlord, I don't think, because I'm on a sort of backup uh, Twitter at the moment, I'm not sure I included you in the tweet. I, I was literally down to like the last, last space. So let me, um, I'll DM you the, the tweet and you can, you can put it out. Right. So I DM'd you the tweet, Armchair Warlord. If, you, if you'd be so kind as to uh, tweet it out, I'd be grateful. Um, so, again, we're, we're, we're building a picture. We've seen how these people act. They, they throw on that um, ghetto indignation when they try to throw their spaces because it throws off people who have been indoctrinated in institutes where you have the common purpose, the woke diversity, ESG scoring, etc. However you want to label it, it is just Bolshevism for the 21st century. Okay? And they've taken <laughs> they've taken a minority group and this is this is how they operate right they take minorities they um they weaponize them and then they use them to attack the uh, the stable middle right and the reason being is that they that through chaos they get to enforce their agenda so there's there's the father and so that gives you some indication of why uh, ian copeland is such an uppity gobby bleak uh, with a sense of entitlement that is uh, <laughs> galactic in scale. Now, he has a, another little gobshite that goes around following him and uh, trying to play this game of, um, you know, narrative control, etc. And that is one Drew comments. Now, here's a, here's a little sample of the way that these people think. Yee, black people can't be racist, yo. And if he were black, you wouldn't post him. Or I'll do it in the faggot voice because 
They deserve it. And if he were black, you wouldn't post him or pay attention to him. The only reason you place value in what he says is because he's white. You've done zero research into what he said. You just took it at face value because of his colour. Yes. Yee. Yeah. Um. Uh, let's see. Moving on. Um. <laughs> Oh no, I wouldn't be racist because I, as a bleak man, would have no power. I'd be a bigoted jerk, not a racist. <laughs> oh man, this stuff just fucking kills me, man. <laughs> uh, immune? <laughs> That's fucking hilarious. Let me just read that out. Um... <laughs> Muna Gangster says, Capital can live in their million dollar BlackRock homes. They are paid in temporary clout they are given. We are, we are guided ideologically by the truth. I know what wins. Yeah, we win in the end. And look, the sim simple fact is there are um, harder, better trained men on our side. They're just the fucking soy boys and race grievance mongers on the other side. That are just as soon as soon as they hit something approximating resistance, they they crumble like you've seen them crumble in the last week as they've tried to hide that uh, Twitter space in which I basically broke them apart and they've they've broken up or they've spurged out on <laughs> on Twitter and in their own spaces because they know they got their ass handed to them, right? So that. Dude is basically IRL Carlton. Who's Carlton? You'd have to uh you'd have to inform me on who that is. Snowflake Battalion. <laughs> Touche, who said that? Moral deterrence. <laughs> Bravo, sir. You get a Saddam drip just for that one. Uh, what's the new one? Is it a secret? Um, you're on about the... I've played... It's just a Fedayeen one. I just have it on... Uh... Next. New tweet from him. Oh, black people can't be racist. And their gender isn't relevant to her stupidity. Oh, God. <laughs> these are literal... These are literal biological drones programmed with woke ideology. It's fucking hilarious how much they're... <laughs> like... Literally, literally synthetic life forms. All right, so they did a spaces yesterday, and um, <laughs> in and I, the the first fit bit I want to get to is that um, these people are desperate, desperate for amyloid, preenergic pathways and disease mechanisms to go away and to not have it associated with gene transfecting the whole of the spike protein with the same epitope <laughs> profile. I was going to say epigenetic, but that would be a different thing. Um, no doubt it causes lots of epigenetic changes. So let's, let's listen to this um, space. And I don't know how much I'll get into it because I, I, th th there's this Indian doctor that's in there and he's, he's brilliant at sort of dealing with... Um, drew 
comments and his um <laughs> I'll, I'll play it. I'm going to do it one and a half times. And then what I want to do is look at the scientific data, which shows that they're wrong. And that this, this woke robot is not qualified to be talking about the extant scientific data as it exists. Okay. The myocarditis incidents that took place after infection, which were longer lasting, more damaging, um, and, and such. So that that was actually documented. That that there. Yeah, yeah. Well, but but I'm asking for see if if it's actually documented, there have to be these anecdotal cases of cardiologists where they're where the the cases of myocarditis went down. I have been unable to find such a cardiologist, and I have been asking for a long time. Um, what was that? I don't know what that space was. I sort of listened in and I caught him say at one point that um, am amyloidosis is not a not a thing. And literally there was a guy, I think, like I say, I was just listening, so I don't know who was in the space. But there was a guy who obviously was has done the experiments with Pistorius where they've taken synthetic spike, dropped it into plasma and shown that there are protein protein interactions that lead to amyloidogenic clotting. Do you know of a cardiologist where the number of cases of myocarditis when you adjust for the proportion of vaccinated people went down? Personally, I do not. I will answer your question okay. truthfully. Personally, I okay. do not. Right. Okay, thank you. Okay. Um, now, do you know of any autopsies that were done in the United States other than Dr. Ryan Cole, where they actually did the stains that were done in the Schwab study to assess whether the vaccine caused the death. So, uh, and to that, I want to address that, and honestly and professionally here, um, I wouldn't. <laughs> uh, Ryan Cole yeah. was considered someone to be doing autopsies uh, on people. His specialty no, yeah, is but... skin pathology. No, but pathology. I didn't. I didn't ask you for an for an right. opinion on. <laughs> so, yeah, he's talking. He's talking about Ryan Cole. And, uh, you know, who is, is a medical pathologist and, you know, maybe his thing is his specialization is skin cancer, but he's still trained as a pathologist. <laughs> right? The same techniques can cross over. OK. And, you know, what what is it that they do a lot of immunohistochemistry looking for expression of peptides of concern, particularly spike protein, where it's emergent without associated N protein or E protein, other proteins that you would expect to see with the virus itself. On Ryan Cole, I asked you, other than Ryan Cole, I said, exclude Ryan Cole. Okay. Can you name a, path a pathologist in the United States who is doing the proper uh, stains to assess whether or not the person was, could have been uh, killed by the virus, or sorry, by the, by the vaccine? <laughs> and, 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 and I'm not saying that the vaccine killed them. I'm just saying that there's there's tests you can do that can if if nothing comes up you would you can you can say okay the, there's no way the vaccine could have killed them because it doesn't leave the vaccine fingerprint. Gotcha. Uh, do I know of any personal pathologists uh, doing that? Uh, no, but I, and when you talk about stains, you all seem to understand that when you're doing staining. 
that there's also uh, a, a factor of uh, just fault that can be found in that as well. There's other. <laughs> Uh, uh, this may be something that could be wrong in the method. What a fucking dimwit. He has no idea what he's talking about. And let's say that Steve Kirsch has backed him nicely into a corner here. The techniques that are a little bit better, um, for just even analyzing anything. Uh, but yeah, personally, no, I mean, I, how many pathologists okay. who actually know one who, you know, okay, the, the okay. relationship's a little shaky, but. Okay, yeah. okay. So that, that's, that's fine. And um, do you find it troubling at all that the CDC is not doing the stains to assess possible causality of the vaccine causing the death? Do you find that troubling at all? No, because again, deaths can be caused by many things i would need more than just somebody died after they got vaccinated like what literally caused the death was it a uh you know, you know some sort of aortic issue was it a some cardio issue is it a pulmonary issue like what actually happened just the fact that someone took a vaccine and then died you know three four five central nervous system degenerative issue the list goes on and on drew Okay, that's why you send someone to the pathologist to try to get to the bottom of why they actually might have died after coming after being gene transfected with what is an amyloidogenic spike protein. Five, six, eight weeks later, um, is it enough, especially in a rollout this big where just based off just regular probability. If I give enough people uh, a vaccine, somebody's going to die within a reasonable time frame because they were going to die anyway. So um, just yeah. somebody dying is, is, is in the end of itself is not enough. I'd have to be able to see. And now we have like, so much data on what we can expect. Um, I need a little bit more information on that. So, no, it doesn't bother me at all. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. Um, doesn't, doesn't bother him at all that, that, that those investigations are not being done. Why doesn't it bother him? Because, again, he's, he's ideologically locked into one position. He's not an experienced scientist. Again, he's a foot soldier out on the Internet and media communications trying to get the enemy's point across. Okay, And when you, when you tie these people down with the actual technical details, they can't respond. Or they'll just they'll just deny and just say, "Oh God, that, that we're ignoring that. We'll ignore that study." All right. Well, I'm kind of. Uh, those are the questions I have off the top of my head. Do you have questions for me, or, yes, sir. or would you like to talk to someone else? No, no. Yes, sir. Actually, I have a question for you. Um, so okay. the uh, idea that the vaccines are killing anyone. Have you been able to? Um, maybe think of or would you be able to describe a possible biological mechanism by which these vaccines could efficiently kill uh, people in the population? I mean, we're, we'll exclude the obvious. We understand that, you know, rare events can happen. Complications can happen. Rare, that, that's perfectly fine. But is there anything that uh, maybe just from a biological standpoint, even down to molecular level, where these, and I'll just stick to the mRNA vaccine because that's what's more popular right now anyway, is there anything uh, that you have seen, any kind of biological pathway that could allow for these uh, vaccinations? 
Yep. Am- amyloidogenic preenergic mechanisms that kick off inflammatory cascades and all sorts, all sorts of disease mechanisms that can emerge weeks to months later. Why are we seeing the sustained excess death for the last two years? It's not COVID related. They're reporting that much. Another Twitter fatality. Yes. Yeah. Another Twitter fatality. Good doggy. To consistently kill people. Um, so uh, I- I'll answer that, but there are probably some uh, people in this uh, on stage who can probably give you a better answer to that. But the, the short answer to it is that the spike protein uh, can cause inflammation and blood clots. And the lipid nanoparticles also can cause havoc inside the lipid nano. Both the spike protein alone, as well as the lipid nanoparticles, can pass through the the blood-brain barrier and cause uh, all sorts of damage uh, within within your brain and also within organs. And so there are autoimmune uh, cases where because the cells are expressing the spike protein, which is a foreign protein. What happens is that the immune system then starts to attack, say, your heart muscle, which is... Uh, hypersleep monologue says they don't consider cleavage by host proteases epitopes exposed by the same or LMPs. They ignore it. Yeah, they have to ignore it because otherwise they get a um, they get boxed into this corner. It's why it's why they've pulled their spaces where I explain that there's this amyloidogenic risk. And they, they can't counter that argument. They know the science goes against them. And w- what I'm going to do is we're going to go through a review article which looks at the mechanisms by which you could get exposure, where we're seeing circulating spike protein in the blood of individuals with um, myocarditis or um, we're seeing the deteriora- de- deterioration of people who have um, Alzheimer's dementia-like disorders, amyloid, amyloidogenic, preenergic. It's a big, big part of the medical and scientific literature. It's hard to encapsulate it in just a couple of words. But, um, yeah, they, they will go to the ends of the earth to ignore it because then suddenly there's a scientific risk that we, we should be paying attention to. And they can't do that because they know that they're essentially they're, they're they're culpable in the what's been the force mandating onto individuals and innocents, including children. Now expressing a spike protein and is now starting to look like it's a foreign um, invader, and so therefore instead of just attacking the spike protein itself, it ends up attacking uh, and infiltrating uh, the heart. But there's a, the, the other um, mechanism that's the longer term mechanism is the creation of these amyloid uh, clots. And those clots can take many months to form. And the clots um, are, are formed inside living people and there have been clots that have been removed from people that are over two feet long, intact, removed from a living person. So these clots are formed pre-mortem, not post-mortem. 
And there, uh, I spoke with an embalmer a couple of weeks ago who said that at one point she had eight cases in her embalming practice being sort of embalmed simultaneously. And all eight of these cases had these blood clots uh, in them. And they were not seeing these clots until somewhere around four months after the vaccination program started, or they were not noticing. Say, say they were not noticing this, and so this allows for uh, an amount, uh, a, a, a time to pass, so that these clots can uh, grow larger and larger and larger uh, in size, and then they've been so progressively they've been seeing larger and larger clots. Uh, that they've been removing, and that would be inconsistent with it being caused by... See, and uh, I would add here that the other important mechanism is these am amyloidogenic occlusions are going around into the fine vasculature, and they will kick off cascades as they interface with the, uh, the fine epithelial junctions between the blood circulation and the, uh, the brain parenchyma. Okay. And also the neurological tissue of the heart as well. The virus, but more consistent with it being uh, caused by an event that happened earlier in time. So, uh, and, and these were not seen, these clots were not seen with the, um, with the virus. And the embalmers don't know of anyone who was unvaccinated and not transfused that had these clots. Now, um, I would say that, that that statement needs a little refinement from uh, Steve, that they do see the abnormal clotting with virus. Now, are, are we seeing these? Uh, again, I'm, you know, I, I, I would be, I'm of the opinion that if the super large clots were a, significant problem we'd be seeing it it'd be being reported in the uh, medical literature straight away because people get, are getting checked for clots all the time and the their blood flow with echocardiograms etc and um it, you know we should it, it's a case of not saying that it's going to impact all people but the fact that there is this risk and the the big clots again is i would put it in the same domain as like Kreutzfeldt Yakov it's the end of a um spectrum of responses it's the, it's this micro amyloid clotting or amyloid protein buildup that is the problem and that kicks off its own cascades even once the uh, initial insult has gone There's white clots happening post-mortem. Um, I think, again, you know, we're just we're engaging in conjecture here until we have the full um, or sufficient autopsies done where we're actually looking for the right um, or answering the right questions within the autopsy. And the, the problem is right now that there's been a... Um, a, a severe lack of autopsy data right now and that's one that's one of the big crimes that we're having to deal with that they threw out normal um medical procedure legal procedure in the last three years to get away with genocide
So uh, the evidence is consistent with uh, uh, clots killing these people. And the, the, the clots themselves are so large that they, because they, they can't get embalming fluid through these bodies with these clots. And embalming fluid has the con same, similar consistency. I wouldn't say same, but embalming fluid has similar consistency with blood. So if you can't get the embalming fluid through people with these clots, you can't get blood either. And when blood is, is choked off of the lungs, the brain, or the heart, uh, that can lead to death. So that would be my explanation. And if anyone else wants to, uh, to chime in, um, feel free. Could I just jump in here? Yeah, go ahead. Drew, did you want a chance to respond to that, or could I could I make my point here? Yes, Dr. Clark, I just respond, I, and, and I'll, I, I promise that uh, I just want to just respond really quickly. So a couple of things, and I'm, I'm glad you brought these up. So number one, um, the spike protein. I just want to address that really quickly. So um, spike protein in and of itself is an interesting um, polypeptide, right? Um, coronaviruses use it for a couple of different ways, reasons, right? Obviously, it's going to allow for binding at certain receptors. Um, it will allow for viral entry into the cell, so at least it mediates for that. Um, for SARS-CoV-2, it also works as like a camouflaging agent as well because it's coated in polysaccharide molecules, so it can kind of duck and dodge, as I like to describe it to people, um, the innate immune defenses that you already have. Um, However, the spike protein that is on the actual virus is a little bit different than the spike protein that's created by your body when you're vaccinated. Um, one of the this should be good. Main reasons is that there are uh, two proline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the two proline canard man. I I love that one. I love that one when they don't they don't realize that the cleavage is happening at at the membrane level right and the the proline stabilization i've got nothing nothing to do with being able to stop that cleavage taking place <laughs> what the monkey uh, mutations that are put on the spike protein to, to have it do a couple of things number one um it forces that spike protein to be locked in a pre-fusion state what do i mean by that uh for the spike protein to actually be a yeah, what do i mean by that and again um Smart enough to read a script, not smart enough to look at all the, uh, the scientific evidence that exists out there. And actually, he's, he's sort of, Steve is giving him enough rope to hang himself at the moment right now. Effective. Um, it needs to be able to bind to the ACE2 receptors to your cells. However, in order to do that, it has to essentially go through like a shape-shifting type of uh, action. This mechanism or this, this mutation is put in uh to the actual mrna transcript prevents that from uh Radol says he's just regurgitating that one 2021 nature paper about prolines uh yeah pr pretty much and like i say they've got they've got um selling selling points that they like to push and in this particular instance it's most people just don't feel confident about trying to push back against it because they don't have the molecular biology he doesn't have the molecular biology he's not a molecular biologist he's never done any bench time he doesn't have any publications he's not he's not au fait with the nuance required to run proper scientific well-run scientific experiments he's just he's just a cheerleader for corporate farmer selling points that's it
Let's see. Immune Gangster says, we have both spike constructs in our lab and they are all cleaved by the transmembrane serine protease. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I have no doubt about that. That's clear. We can see it in the clinical picture that we're seeing, right? It's just these people are deliberately ignoring data and they want everything in one paper, right? Or that, that's, that's what they try to do. They want, they want to have everything in one paper. And, so, and if you don't have that, then they'll try to dismiss you and say that the, the published data doesn't exist. When, you know, again, part of the skill of being a good, um, a good practical scientist is being able to look across the, the literature and draw these uh, data points together to construct new hypotheses and new experiments. Drew has no experience in this whatsoever. From happening, so it's really just locked in a pre-fusion state. It doesn't have the ability to bind in that regard. The second part is it's also when it's expressed, uh, created by your cells and expressed, it's bound to the surface, uh, the membrane of your cells. <laughs> what a fucking goof, man. So all, that, all those circulating exosomes we find studied with uh, with spike protein after vaccination, that shouldn't be happening, right? So um, in my culture, we have these things called Bantu knots that the women will wear a lot of times. What was that? Yeah, in my culture, we have Bantu knots. What the fuck? What the fuck? We're, do we're doing complex molecular biology compare and comparing them to what? Bantu knots? Yeah, why all the free floating spike, Bucko? Why? You can't explain it because you can't think beyond the farmer selling points. That's one of the best descriptions that I can really think of to kind of describe that. But what does that look like when it's expressing outside of a cell? Um, but that's really it. Um, it's outside of that. It's a, a glycoprotein, which means just carbohydrates. Um, with, um, you know, just, uh, with, uh, you know, just, just kind of, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, uh, <laughs> just carbohydrates and carbon and nitrogen and phosphate, you know, just those normal stuff. It's just, it's just completely normal. <laughs> oh man, the, the scientific stupidity on display here is, uh, <laughs> For me, it's hilarious. I don't, I don't know how much you guys are finding it funny, but to me, I'm sp I'm, I'm nearly, nearly uh, getting into hiccup uh, mode. There, um, but um, the the issue is, <laughs> just, this guy acts like he just got off the boat from West Africa. Yeah, uh, where I come from, we call those banana boats, and uh, he's, yeah, he's just he's stringing, he's stringing talking points together he does not understand the molecular biology and just literally literally just try to compare it to a uh yee, in my culture we got bantu knots <laughs> oh i fucking love it <laughs> doesn't have the ability at least from what you have been created uh, from this transfection that takes place from vaccination, it does not have the ability to cross the blood-brain barrier. Um, so wrong, wrong, wrong.
we know that was what that was one of the earlier studies that came out right that the journal of neuroscience where they would they would take spike protein and expose rodents to it and know that it crossed the blood-brain barrier and that's even before you're wrapping it up in lipid nanoparticles and you're getting exosome blebbing off of uh transfected cells again completely ignorant of the extant data that we have already is he spitting bars or best boxing <laughs> he's just making a tit of himself that's all he's doing and it just ma it makes for easy content for me i don't have to prepare very hard for these streams same thing with those lipid nanoparticles um if you think about what those lipid nanoparticles are you get four fats so you can start with moderna sm102 polyethylene glycol 2000 glycerol, cholesterol <laughs> deterrence has definitely crossed his brain barrier she <laughs> <laughs> two sterol esting glycerol three phosphocholine that is a horrible horrible candidate uh to try to cross through the blood brain barrier it, it, it just has no chance to make it there are nanoparticles that are much better candidates thank you aw that, which is fantastic it. for other treat for actual treatments and and things of that nature um but they would be composed and comprised of something completely uh, of, of a makeup completely different than what these are. So, yeah, uh, yeah they made different, yeah, different lipids. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck me, man. America, you're so screwed by letting these people into the institutes the way that you have done. You, you're on. <laughs> You're spiraling. You're spiraling down, man. It's it's gonna it's gonna be a hard nosedive to pull out of. The idea that lipid nanoparticles from the vaccine can get across the blood barrier, brain barrier is not one that's actually uh, uh... a moot point. Moot point when there's free floating spike protein and blebbed exosomes that we've seen that's been published for a long time already. You dimwit. plausible just given the composition of the lipid nanoparticles themselves um the other thing that you mentioned and i, I had a conversation with somebody earlier uh and or last week before uh, a slur was hurled um amyloid clots are not a real thing they, it's, it's not real <laughs> and so um there what they're trying to say is is uh, um the, when I was talking about amyloid and amyloidogenic peptides, they're trying to claim that I said the word nigger in that uh, stream. No, I didn't. In my stream, I went on and I took the piss like I am doing now. Because, again, when we're, when we're dealing with woke ideologues uh, like this, right, where they're, again, they're weaponized. What's his, what's his job title? Senior Vice President of National Diversity and Inclusion Strategy and Policy and Chief Equity, Inclusion and Diversity Officer. Okay, that, that, that is the 21st century equivalent of the Bolshevik Commissar. Okay, and if I know most people are going to struggle with the way that I'm going about picking this fight, but trust me, your, your 
institutionalized trained brain right now is not in a position to be able to cope with this type of weaponization and like i say they're trying to say oh god you know he's used uh, he uses uh, bad words when literally you know we could we'll see examples of his racism i don't know if any, if anyone has a timestamp where he's he calls the he calls the indian doctor a white supremacist if i if someone could or knows when that timestamp was that would be uh really really useful um anyway let's get back to this so um it, it, what did he say amyloidogenic clots are not real right they cannot they cannot accept that amyloidogenic properties are associated with the spike protein because it holds or holds their argument below the waterline and he's trying to he's, they're trying everything to deny that it, that it exists as an extant phenomenon um when you're dealing with people who are dead um and you know embalmers this all the time the dead bodies are going to have clots in them regardless and you can ask even people who just work in emergency rooms and intensive care units and that sort of thing uh we have a dead body there and it's stationary i mean blood begins to clot rather quickly so the idea that they're seeing clots they've never seen before is one that's actually pretty preposterous because all they deal with is that. <laughs> Except we've got the experiments where we can take blood and expose it to the spike protein and watch it happening in real time. We've got the studies where we can see that it's deforming platelets. <laughs> this, this dude is a fucking moron. And Drew... You're more than welcome to come on and uh, you can get as ghetto as you like and we can we can slug it out and see who comes out on top. But the problem is, you know that the scientific literature is not on your side. It's on mine. Um, and, and so the anecdotal you know, accounts of certain embalmers who are saying... Uh, this look at Kevin McKernan's Twitter. He has a... Um... Hang on. Why am I looking? Uh, he's clueless about biodistribution. He's told countless numbers of MDs and PhDs they're stupid for starting the rat study. Yeah. Um, internal controls. And like I say, Kevin was brilliant in this uh, spaces as well and dismantled uh, what they were saying. Um, So if someone dro just drops the link for this and um you know what i've got the <laughs> the people are fixing my roof today and i think they've just knocked on the door so it's hard to tell because i keep hearing stuff through the roof but i think they just knocked on my door so just i'm, I'm gonna let this play and if someone can find me the timestamp or the link where he calls the indian dude a <laughs> A white supremacist. That bit is just fucking hilarious. Just, just give me a second. I'll let this play. Usual, um, is not you know, something that you would really want to put so much weight behind. Um, I do have, um, and, and actually I, I did say that I was going to, um, to, to yield the floor there, but I just wanted to address 
those specific points there um, that this this spike protein that your body creates during this uh, transfection um, like I say after it's expressing outside the cell yeah it's going to generate an immune response but also there's this process called um, lysosomal catabolism that actually disposes of it. It's literally where those spikes or, or the, the spike protein is then endocytosed back in the cell. You actually uh, make the way into the uh, lysosomes inside your cells, and there's certain uh, proteases, hydrolases, and such that will actually just destroy those polypeptides. Uh, but uh, it, it's not anything like, I mean, it, it resembles the actual spike protein on the actual virus, but uh, those mutations. Just make it a replica. It's a scout team. It's not the actual thing. But I'll yield, um, Doctor. Um, I think it's uh, Doctor Das. I told you I give you the floor. Okay, sure. Uh, first of all, I just want to thank uh, thank Steve for having me up on stage here. Um, keep up the good work. Uh, a, a shining voice throughout all of the last couple of years. Same with Simon too. Um, uh, number one, uh, for anybody listening in the audience. Uh, please know that there's no such thing as a mandatory medical intervention. If your doctor tells you that there's something that's mandatory, you get, a number, you get another doctor. Even when some patients are psychiatrically predisposed to not being able to make their own decisions and they are not of sane capacity and sound mind, you still need multiple physicians to sign off on a mandatory medical intervention. So let's start there. Um, the reason why these vaccines should not be <laughs> encouraged slashed mandated slashed required etc aside from all of the excellent reasons that steve has kind of mentioned throughout the last several years specifically flush with data is that regardless of the mechanism at hand the way we create a safe environment for patients is up to the physician it is not up to the drug manufacturer number one number two if we're going to ask about how do we know if we are it safe to give somebody a, a drug or an intervention? There are two, as well as others, particular points of data that are really important. This is the NNH and the NNT, the number needed to treat and the number needed to harm. And unfortunately, even if we cannot establish the exact mechanism for why the BBC reporter uh, died the very next day who was otherwise healthy, or, or the, the child in the United States, I think Steve mentioned about it, that died, I think, three, three days after and was found dead. Even if we cannot establish the mechanism, the number needed to treat is far too high, and the number needed to harm is far too low. That's, that's the main point. If we're going to talk about mechanism, we can hypothesize that it could be A, cytokine storm, B, it could be immune infiltration of the affected organs, uh, C, well, we could talk about if the coagulation cascade was uh, uh, initiated secondary or tertiary to getting the vaccine or after infection. There's a, and, and I'll take a little side point here too. There's a reason why they call it the coagulation cascade. If you look up the coagulation cascade online, you'll realize that as soon as tissue factor is is noticed by the, the cardiovascular system. A wave of coagulation factors are produced and are put right to action. So I don't really care if we've established the mechanism or not, but if there is a possible chance that in any number of people, less than an... And this Indian doctor, what is his name, God damn it? Um, Pras Prasenjit, Dr. Prasenjit, um, He's right. 
if there's any indicator that these mechanisms can be at play, that drug should be recalled. It's that simple. <laughs> that's that's the rule set that we've established over decades and centuries of um, medical practice. Um, this I, I love this Indian dude. He's great. Extremely high threshold that we are not absolutely confident that the biodistribution of the uh, mRNA isn't expressed in the ovaries. It's not expressed in the testes. It doesn't show up in your adrenals. It doesn't show up um, um, in in other organs like the heart or the or, or the brain or the sinus tissues or the or the uh, lymphoid tissue in the neck or your gut. Forget the lungs because we're talk talking about severe acute respiratory syndrome. If their lungs are going to be affected by COVID, okay, so maybe we can accept some risk there. But unless we can establish that from the beginning, the statistics behind the safety of the vaccines really doesn't matter if it's A, being made mandatory because the NNH is way too high and the NNT is, sorry, NNH is way too low and the NNT is way too high. Does that make sense? And is there any part of that that I can kind of clarify? Question, you mentioned something about um, the biodistribution. You said unless we can uh, make be certain that the vaccines don't accumulate, you said, in other organs like, or like the testes, like the ovaries and such. Is that what you're saying? You're saying that we would have to know that for certain. Um, yeah, we would have, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't preclude giving it if it did, but here's here's the point. <laughs> this is the risk benefit ratio. And again, when you when you're dealing with amyloidogenic disease and preanergic disease causing pathways, you tread with extreme fucking caution. Kevin is right. I need a door cut. Yeah, you know what? They uh, they want poor lad wanted to use the bathroom. So what I'm going to send him down to, to use the use the fist. And I've got loads of cameras around the house. I just need to hook it up so I can see it here in the in the this room. But I ain't got any fucking spare monitors left or space why we need to know because the body won't just produce one spike protein after seeing seeing a single lipid nanoparticle uh, coated in, in and inside there is the mrna the body will produce millions and millions of copies not just once multiple times if exposed to giant amounts of mrna flooding through your flooding through your system so you're going to get multiple waves of high volume spike pro protein production in a population whose B cells and T cells and lymphoid system probably already know about spike protein. There was some evidence somewhere saying that in 2016, blood bank donations from 2016 showed some uh, traces of having already uh, uh, immune, um, uh, uh, immune antigens against sorry, antibodies against um, certain sections of what, what we call the quote unquote novel coronavirus uh, 2019. The, and before I throw it over back to you, I'll just say one more thing. In the last three, three, four years, I was in a really lucky and you know unique position to be able to see the high volume departments at really, uh, uh, really busy high volume um, uh, hospitals. Do people have yard sales in Japan? Are you fucking kidding me? No. <laughs> That shit would get stamped out. You would you would be a uh, social pariah. <laughs> now, what they do have um, often around here is like people will have little wooden stands where they're selling their garden produce. Um, but 
Yeah, people people uh, doing garage sales? Nah, <laughs> not so much. Hospitals in one of the busiest cities in Canada. And I'm trying to tell you in, in the gentlest way possible, um, if I span samples from sa uh, high volume departments in pediatrics, uh, maternity, uh, emergency medicine across multiple hospitals in Vancouver, VGH, Surrey, Langley Memorial, Eagle Ridge, etc. There was no, across all, all years, there was no severe academic, sorry, epidemic of severe acute respiratory syndrome creating an overwhelmed hospital system in one of the biggest cities in the most voluminous hospitals in, in, in all of Canada. I'm, try, I'm trying to tell you the parking lots were empty. No, if that, I appreciate if that makes that. sense. No. So one of the things that I wanted to mention, number one, um, yeah, we, are, we can be Ye. pretty certain that these uh, vaccines are not accumulating in the ovaries and the testes, and we're able to do that just based off you know, basic anatomy and physiology. <laughs> yeah, basic, yeah. Even these lipid nanoparticles themselves, they don't, they, they actually tend to accumulate in the liver, which would make sense because thank God the liver it secretes bile to actually, uh, you know, degrade and, 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 and do away with these, uh, these fat, uh, fat sacks, if you want to call them that, uh, to be honest with you. So that's number one. Number two, we're looking at the size of the actual dosages. I mean, human beings are getting a dosage of anywhere between the, the youngest of us, what, six to seven months are getting 10 micrograms to, you know, full-grown adults, if they get the Moderna, are going to get a 100-microgram dosage. Micrograms are extremely small. Those are still small doses enough. And on top of that, when you actually look at the composition of the lipid nanoparticles themselves, they're quickly endocytosed by those APCs in the muscle cells. Um, a little bit will get into, obviously, those draining lymph nodes as well, which is expected. It's not like we, nobody saw that coming. It's actually kind of a good thing, to be honest. Well, not kind of, it's a very good thing, excuse me. Um, but other than that, the rest of anything that isn't uh, endocytosed isn't going to just free roam through the body. That's going to make it switch. Which again, again, we have the publications to show that that's not true. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop there. I had a, I had a paper. I was looking for a paper which just um, showed uh, the lipid nanoparticles make a beeline for the ovaries. And um, God, where is it? It's not that important, but it sort of um, spears what it is that he's saying here. Yeah. So synthetic lipid nanoparticles targeting steroid organs and uh this is uh 2013 so it's not like they haven't known about this for a long time so let me just put a link in the chat just in case people don't have that reference and i want to look at this again this is trends in molecular medicine it's one of the leading tier journals that now we can go and deconstruct a lot of what um, he was saying and I, I will just point out that I've covered these papers many many times before but um, SARS-CoV-2 spike protein S1 induces fibrinolysis resistant fibrinolysis implications for microclot formation in COVID-19 and here they find out that they're um, amyloid like um, Mm, this one, I think, is oh, yeah. moderate binding between two SARS-CoV-2 protein segments and alpha-synuclein alters its toxic oligomerization propensity differently. And this is it. the interesting part here is that they take the part for the receptor binding domain and um, basically show that it's able to, in this case, alpha-synuclein, cause this misfolding. And again, this would be implicated more in, in Parkinsonian um conditions 
what else do we have? Central role for amyloid fibrin, microclot in long COVID, PASC, origins and therapeutic implications. Um, effect of an amyloidogenic SARS-CoV-2 protein fragment on alpha-synuclein monomers and fibrils. This is stuff that's all in the literature. It takes two seconds to find. Uh, just skip that one. Um, persistence of the SARS-CoV-2 S1 protein in CD16 monocytes in post-acute or in PASC up to 15 months post-infection. Circulating spike protein detected in post-COVID-19 mRNA vaccine myocarditis. So there is a distinct clinical pathology, that an acute one. Right. I, I would class this one as generally acute because it's happening in weeks, days, weeks and months after exposure. What was the last one? Circulating extra, extracellular vesicle microRNAs associated with adverse reactions, pro-inflammatory cytokine and antibody production after COVID-19 vaccination. So I'm going to read this paper as a sort of summarize uh, to summarize what it is that we've been talking about and show that drew is talking out of his fucking ass again you've you've elevated diversity metrics above competency and give them a fucking megaphone right and yeah someone someone needs to be going and forcefully removing that megaphone from these cretins because they are causing harm and what they're doing is they're gaslighting the people that have been harmed into saying, <laughs> saying it wasn't it wasn't the forced mandate that was <laughs> pushed onto them that they had to take to keep their jobs. Uh, uh, this guy, no, this guy is not an MD. He's he hangs around with Copeland, who doesn't. I, 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 He's got an entry into his um, graduation ceremony as having a PhD, but he's got no first name peer reviewed publications that would count as the metric that you would need to consider that person to be a PhD. Again, look at his father, right? He's he's jackhammered his way through the system because of National Diversity and Inclusion Strategy and Policy Chief, Equity, Inclusion and Diversity Officer. Again, diversity above competence. And right now, the US is eating itself apart and it's affecting the rest of the world because you've allowed this um, infiltration of Bolshevism into your systems. Now, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully we can uh, reverse course out of this very, very dangerous trajectory that we're on right now narcissists believe they only need to dismiss the counter argument yeah and drew and copeland are dripping with malignant narcissism again because you've you've weaponized the woke ideology and so no amount of scientific discussion or rebuttal will work with them they are ideologues they are incapable of the nuanced thinking required for proper scientific investigation. All right, so. How long is this paper? Just check it's not hundreds of pages long. All right, it, it, it seems relatively short. So let me just check the, uh, anyone sent a donor? Let rip with some, uh, some Arab Chad 
drips. Now, apart from uh, all the people that uh, have sent a dono today, um, you are all... The Jew! Uh, all right, so... Let's, let's get into this. Adverse effects of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines, the spike hypothesis. Highlights. Coronavirus 2019 mRNA vaccines induced robust immune responses against SARS, yet their cellular molecular mode of action and the etiology of the induced adverse events remain elusive. Lipid nanoparticles probably have a broad distribution in human tissue organs. They may also, along with the packaged mRNA, exert a pro-inflammatory action. COVID-19 mRNA vaccines encode a transmembrane SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. However, shedding of the antigen and or related peptide fragments into the circulation may occur, does occur. Binding of circulating S-protein to angiotensin-converting enzyme that is critical for the renin-angiotensin system balance or to other targets, along with the possibility of molecular mimicry with human proteins, may contribute to vaccination-related adverse events. The benefit risk profile, well, that, you know, that they want to they want to get published, so they're going to say, yeah, it remains in favour. <laughs> the gene transfection, ah, it, the the risk benefit is better. It's okay. Please publish my work. And it, it, it's this, it's a caveat that scientists should should not have to feel forced to put onto scientific data, which does raise serious safety concerns with what with the data that we're seeing. All right, so let's, let's do here. So COVID-19, yes, we know what it's caused by, resulted in millions of deaths worldwide. Nevertheless, for the majority of SARS-CoV-2 infected individuals, COVID-19 will remain asymptomatic or only mildly symptomatic. Though SARS-CoV-2 may also circulate in the gastrointestinal tract, being a respiratory virus, the virus itself or its related antigens will not, in most cases, impact tissues and organs other than the respiratory system. In patients with severe disease, infection of airway and lung tissues may cause pneumonia and excessive inflammation, which can lead to acute respiratory distress syndrome. ARDS may then lead to organ damage beyond uh, the respiratory system because of micro, macro thromboembolism, hyperinflammation, aberrant complement activation, or extended viremia. This may be due to the broad expression of its receptor angiotensin converting, or ACE2, in several cell types and tissues, which results in expanding tropism of SARS-CoV-2 for various critical organs, heart, pancreas, kidneys, brain. If systemic collapse and death are avoided, the post the postulated direct virus attack or indirect effects due to cytokine storm or imbalance in the renin-angiotensin system causing multi-organ damage possibly foster systemic defects without which cause sorry a chronic condition referred to as long covid which is independently associated with the severity of the initial illness <clears throat> Following an unprecedented effort of biomedical research and mobilization of resources to mRNA vaccines, namely BNT162B2, commonality from Pfizer-BioNTech, and mRNA1273 of Moderna, encoded antigen SARS-CoV-2 spike protein of the Wuhan HU1 strain, were the first to receive FDA emergency use authorization in mRNA vaccines, which are characterized by relatively rapid prototyping and manufacturing on a large scale, the S-protein encoding mRNA is delivered via lipid nanoparticles to human cells that produce the mature viral protein or related antigens, which can exhibit a rather wide tissue organ distribution. 
In addition to the plausible pro-inflammatory role of LMPs, evidenced also from reported immediate allergic reactions and of packaged mRNA, which has nonetheless been engineered by a replacement of uridine with pseudouridine. So molecular patterns, uh, damps, receptors, we surmise that vaccination-mediated adverse events can be attributed to the unique characteristics of the S protein itself, the antigen, either due to molecular mimicry with human proteins or as an ACE2 ligand. And again, um, this isn't really... The reason I'm reading this is because it elegantly explains the breaking off of uh, the S1 part of the subunit and it going into general circulation. I'm less inclined to agree about some of the pathological mechanisms and you know they've got a particular focus that they're going down and my, my guess is is that they're not neuroscientists and are probably I don't know, general general medicine practitioners but anyway you know it's summarized nicely in this um in this diagram here, right? So you get mRNA lip lipid transfection, it gets transcribed, it makes the spike protein, it's then, and this is the key part, it's blebbed off in these exosomes, you get peptide fragments, and then the antigen presenting, and just free, um, free floating spike protein as well. And the... That alone should be enough to say that there's too much risk when we know that there are amyloidogenic disease mechanisms at play. You would, you would never knowingly associate or give a drug that would trigger those pathways. Never. As delivered, mRNAs can theoretically trigger the production of distinct antigens that can distribute systemically. They are radically different from conventional platforms, i.e. inactivated whole virus vaccines or even protein subunit nanoparticle vaccines, where the produced antigen and its distribution are more predictable. As all COVID-19 vaccines rely on the S protein of the original Wuhan HU1 strain, the differences across different vaccination platforms thus far reported may relate to the various vectors and formulations and or the S protein constructs employed. Um, I think we can... The other types of COVID-19 vaccine, I, I don't think we need to read this part per se. Um, we're interested you know the primary discussion is around these lipid nanoparticle gene transfection approaches both bnt162b2 and mrna1273 vaccines are administered intramuscularly and mobilize robust and likely durable innate humoral and cellular adaptive responses well now we know that's not true <laughs> this is a, it's always hindsight's perfect right it's 2020 when you're looking in the past um Tazix Cube says, it's amazing how papers have to include a disclaimer acknowledging that 2 plus 2 equals 5 to get published. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a shocking state of affairs that we're in right now. And it's symptomatic of how ill our systems have become. And like I say, for people waiting on the scientists within the institutes to be leading the charge with respect to pushing back, it ain't happening. Sorry. Um, you're gonna you you're relying on more independent voices right now to to help deconstruct this 
awful, awful science that people like Drew and dipsticks like Ian Copeland are pushing around, I don't know, like three or four spaces a week from what I can gather. Blib, blib, blib. Drew is a big blib. Yes, I agree. Uh, existing data on the available mRNA vaccines are mostly limited to serological analyses. Nonetheless, beyond the assessment of immune responses, the understanding of the safety profile of these vaccines is critical to ensure safety, maintain trust and inform policy. Reportedly, mRNA vaccines are in general well tolerated with very low frequencies of associated severe post-immunization adverse events. Although rare adverse events include serious clinical manifestations such as acute myocardial infarction, Bell's palsy, cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, Guillain-Barre syndrome, myocarditis, pericarditis, mostly in younger ages, pulmonary embolism, stroke, thrombosis, thrombocytopenia syndrome, lymphadenopathy, appendicitis, herpes zoster reactivation, neurological complications, and autoimmunity, e.g. autoimmune hepatitis and autoimmune peripheral neuropathies. Apart from adverse events documented in clinical trials, most of the syndromes or isolated manifestations have been reported in multicenter or even nationwide retrospective observational studies and case series. Although correlation does not necessarily mean causation, active monitoring and awareness regarding reported post-vaccination adverse events are essential. Importantly, these ad associated adverse events are significantly less frequent than analogous or additional serious adverse events induced after severe COVID-19. Um, you know, I, I think um, some people beg to differ because, again, what's the window that you use when you when you're using a gene transfection technology that we know is is spitting out product for 60, 60, more than 60 days, six months? Uh, right, so, where was I? Some vaccine-induced adverse events, e.g. myocardial infarction, Guillain-Barre syndrome, were found to increase with age, while others, myocarditis, anaphylaxis, appendicitis, were more common in younger people. Although myocarditis cases are rather rare, in a study of US military personnel, the number was higher than expected among males after a second vaccine dose. And again, if you ask, but you have to inform the patients, you're at risk for these um and this is clinically emergent symptoms what about all the subclinical damage that's been done uh similarly the rate of post-vaccination cardiac adverse events was higher in young boys following the second dose Finally, a recent study showed an increased risk of neurological complications in COVID-19 vaccine recipients, which was nevertheless lower than the risk in COVID-19 patients. The molecular basis of these adverse events remain largely unknown. We postulate that since most, if not all, of them are also apparent in severe COVID-19, they may be related to acute inflammation caused by both the virus and the vaccine, as well as in the common denominator between the virus and vaccine, namely the SARS-CoV-2-S protein. The vaccine-encoded antigen is stabilized in its pre-fusion form in BNT162b2 and mRNA1273 vaccines. It's therefore plausible that if entering the circulation and distributing systemically throughout the human body, it can contribute to these adverse events in susceptible individuals.
There is also evidence that ionizable lipids uh, within the LMPs can trigger pro-inflammatory responses by activating toll-like receptors. A recent report showed that LMPs used in preclinical nucleoside-modified mRNA vaccine studies are independently uh, are independently of the delivery route highly inflammatory in mice, as evidenced by excessive neutrophil infiltration, activation of diverse inflammatory pathways, and production of various inflammatory cytokines and chemokines. And again, What's the, again, I always say it, the, the protein misfolding of, of preenergic pathways happens in the fire of inflammation. And you're using a product that we know will aggravate those pathways. Now, you know, at what, at what point do you say that Indian, I forget the acronyms that he used, but, you know, how much, how much of the drug do we have to give to have a benefit versus how much do we give to where we know that there's harms? And where's, where's the balance in that? And how do we inform the general public as to their risk in this particular instance, particularly when you're dealing with surreptitious disease mechanisms like amyloidosis that could take months to years to emerge? Uh, so, this finding could explain the LMP's potent adjuvant activity supporting the induction of robust adaptive immune responses. Interestingly, inflammatory responses can be exacerbated on a background of pre-existing inflammatory conditions, as was recently shown in a mouse model after administration of mRNA LMPs. It, this effect was proven to be spe specific to the LMP acting independently of the mRNA cargo. Again, you know, there's nothing new here. We we all know that the LMP is problematic, as is the um, as, as is the expression products. Although chemical modifications in the RNA molecules used in vaccines are intended to decrease toll-like receptor sensing of external single-stranded RNAs and thus pro-inflammatory signals, there is some evidence that modified uracil residues do not completely abrogate toll-like receptor detection of the mRNA. Also, while efforts are made to reduce double-stranded uh, RNA production, there may be small amounts of double-stranded RNA that can occasionally get packaged within the mRNA vaccines. And this is something that Kevin McKernan has spoken about, this risk from uh, the double-stranded um, RNA. Now, I'm, I would have to dig in to understand fully why it would be more of a concern than the um, single-strand, but it's, it seems to be a known issue with people who operate at this sort of molecular level. In this context, frequent booster immunizations may increase the frequency and or the severity of the reported adverse events. Vaccine-encoded antigen distribution in the human body and possible interactions with human proteins. Following a vaccination, a cell may present the produced S-protein or its subunit's peptide fragments to mobilize immune responses or be abolished by the immune system, for example, by cytotoxic T-cells. Consequently, the debris produced or even the direct secretion, including shedding of the antigen by the transfected cells, may release large amounts of the S-protein or its subunit's peptide fragments to the circulation. And again, we have innumerable studies now that see this and link it to the emergence of again acute acute diseases like myocarditis 
The anti-SARS-CoV-2 vaccine mRNA-containing LMPs are injected into the deltoid muscle and exert an effect in the muscle tissue itself, lymphatic system and the spleen, but can also localize in the liver and other tissues, from where the S-protein or its subunits peptide fragments may enter the circulation and distribute throughout the body. It's worth mentioning that liver localization of LMPs is not a universal property of carrier nanoparticles as specific modifications in their chemistry can retain immunogenicity with minimal liver involvement. In line with the plausible systemic distribution of the antigen, it was found that the S protein circulates in the plasma of the BNT, Pfizer and Moderna vaccine recipients as early as day one after first vaccine injection. Reportedly, antigen clearance is correlated with the production of antigen-specific immunoglobulins or may remain in circulation, e.g. in exosomes, for longer periods, providing one reasonable explanation, among others, for the robust and durable... <laughs> there's the 2 plus 2 equals 5. Uh, robust and durable systemic immune responses found in vaccinated recipients. And again, we know that that's not the case now. The, the immune... Benefits are transitory at best, weeks to months. Therefore, there's likely to be an extensive range of expected interaction between free-floating S-protein subunits, peptide fragments, and ACE2 circulating in blood or lymph, or ACE2 expressed in cells from various tissue organs. This notion is further supported by the finding that in adenovirus vectored vaccines, the S-protein produced upon vaccination has the native-like mimicry of SARS-CoV-2 S-protein's receptor-binding functionality and prefusion structure. Additional interactions with human proteins in the circulation or even the presentation to the immune system of S-protein antigenic epitopes mimicking human proteins, molecular mimicry, may occur. Reportedly, some of the near-germline SARS-CoV-2 uh, N antibodies against S-receptor binding domain reacted with mammalian self-antigens, and SARS-CoV-2 S antagonizes innate antiviral immunity by targeting multiple pathways controlling interferon production. Also, a sustained elevation in T-cell responses to SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines has been found. Uh, in patients who suffer from chronic neurological symptoms after acute SARS-CoV-2 infection as compared with healthy COVID-19 convalescents. Given the reported, quote-unquote, rare neurological adverse events following vaccination, and again, that's, uh, that's up for debate whether they're that rare. I don't think that they are. Again, we, we looked at this paper, or we haven't looked at it fully, but I, I talked about, and actually Kevin McKernan published a substack on it, where they can see in the retina a increased a, a hazard ratio of two of essentially microclotting occurring in, in the retina of the eye. And what's happening in the eye is happening in the rest of the brain. Uh, furthermore, concerns include the possible development of anti-idiotype antibodies against vaccination-induced antibodies as a means of down-regulation anti-idiotype antibodies, apart from binding to the protective neutralizing SARS-CoV-2 antibodies, can also mirror the S-protein itself and bind ACE2, possibly triggering a wide array of adverse events. Worth mentioning is a systems vaccinology approach, 31 individuals, of Pfizer, vaccine two doses, where cytokine antibodies were largely absent or were found at low levels, contrary to findings in acute COVID-19. While two individuals had anti-interleukin-21 autoantibodies and two other individuals had anti-IL-1 antibodies. 
In this context, anti-idiotypic antibodies can be particularly enhanced after frequent boosting doses that trigger very high titers of immunoglobulins. And this, is, this study was put out before we found out about the class switching from IG2 to IGT4. Frequent boosting doses may also become a suboptimal approach as they can imprint serological responses towards the ancestral Wuhan HE1S protein, minimizing protection against novel S variants. The potential interaction at a whole organism level of the native like S protein and or subunit peptide fragments with soluble or cell membrane attached ACE2 can promote ACE2 internalization and degradation. In support of this, soluble ACE2 re induces receptor-mediated endocytosis of SARS-CoV-2 via interaction with proteins related to RAS. Prolonged loss or reduced ACE2 activity may result in extensive destabilization of the RAS, which may then trigger vasoconstriction, enhanced inflammation, and or thrombosis due to unopposed ACE and angiotensin II-mediated effects. Indeed, decreased ACE2 expression and or activity contributes, among other things, to the development of ANG2-mediated hypertension in mice, indicating vasculature dysfunction. Baseline expression levels of ACE2 in endothelial cells or its induced expression levels upon stimulation from other tissue-resident cells, along with the potential of endothelial cells to shed ACE2 to the circulation or their sensitivity to SARS-CoV-2 infection, is debatable. Nonetheless, even relatively low ACE2 expression levels in endothelial cells, excuse me, uh, compared to levels in epithelial cells, along with high expression levels of ACE2 in other cell types of the vasculature, heart, fibroblast, parasites, indicate that the vasculature can be sensitive to free-floating S-protein or its subunits, peptide fragments. These effects, especially in capillary beds, and the prolonged antigen presence in the circulation, along with systemic excessive immune response to the antigen, can then trigger sustained inflammation, which can injure the endothelium, disrupting its antithrombogenic properties in multiple vascular beds. Now, all of these, as, as this is a review literature, right, he, has to, he has to include peer-reviewed um, and officially recognized work and that <laughs> that paragraph to me is very very disturbing that, that there is these phenomenon occurring and you've got retards like drew going around and saying saying that the free floating forms is actually a good thing <laughs> it, it can enhance the immune response well, you know, it enhances the immune response till you get the antigen switching, class switching. <laughs> SARS-CoV-2 S protein induced effects in mammalian cells or model organisms. Repeatedly, intravenous injection of the S1 subunit in mice results in localization in endothelia of mice brain microvessels, showing co-localization with ACE2, caspase 3, interleukin 6, tumor necrosis factor alpha, and C5B9. It was thus suggested that endothelial damage is a central part of SARS-CoV-2 pathology, which may be induced by the S protein alone. 
Also, the S1 subunit, or recombinant S1 RBD, impaired the endothelial function via downregulation of ACE2 and induced degradation of junctional proteins that maintain endothelial barrier integrity in a mouse model of brain microvascular endothelial cells or cerebral arteries. This latter effect was more enhanced in endothelial cells from diabetic versus normal mice. Similarly, the S1 subunit decreased microvascular transendothelial resistance and barrier function in cultured human pulmonary cells. Further, S protein disrupted human cardiac parasites function and triggered increased production of proaptotic factors in parasites causing endothelial cell death. In support of this, administration of the S protein promoted dysfunction of human endothelial cells as evidenced by, for example, increased expression of the von Willebrand factor. Other reports indicate that S1 can directly induce coagulation by competitive binding to both soluble and cellular heparin sulfate. While cell-free hemoglobin as a hypoxia counterbalance cannot attenuate distribution of endothelial bar barrier function, oxidative stress or inflammatory responses in human pulmonary arterial endothelial cells exposed to S1. Consistently, S-protein binds fibrinogen, blood coagulation factor, and S-protein virions have been found to enhance fibrin-mediated microglia activation. Well, it says data not peer-reviewed, but we've gone through that data in the last few weeks. And yeah, the, it seems to, be, seems to be an issue. And of course, remember the uh, paper where they're finding um, the markers at the midbrain around where the dopaminergic neurons reside. Anything that puts that system at risk should be struck off. Uh, let's see, an induced fibrogen-dependent lung pathology in mice. While S1 binding to platelets, ACE2 triggers their aggregation. Interestingly, both Chadox, AstraZeneca, Pfizer vaccines can elicit antiplatelet factor 4 antibody production even in recipients without clinical ma manifestation of thrombosis. Intriguingly, the S protein increases human cell syncytium formation triggering pyroptosis of syncytia formed by fusion of S and ACE2 expressing cells. Also in cells or mouse experimental models, it was shown that S removes lipids from the model membranes and interferes with the capacity of high-density lipoprotein to exchange lipids, inhibits DNA damage repair processes, and induces snail-mediated epithelial mesenchymal transition marker changes and lung metastases in a breast cancer mouse model. Again, this is all just exposure to synthetic spike protein that Drew will have you believe doesn't get into the circulation. Where <laughs> this review, trends in molecular medicine is about as top tier as you can get for whatever that means these days. And numerous, numerous other publications which have shown that they find circulating spike protein after vaccination and can directly link it to disease. What was the number from that study in, I'll say it was uh, Thailand, 17% of young boys had detectable um, abnormalities in their EKG. And I bet you that was <laughs> shit dear um, 1930s EEG te type technology.
In support of the possibility that there is a wide range of S-protein binders, amyloid beta 1-42, to the 42-amino acid form of amyloid beta in cerebr cerebral spinal fluid, was found to bind with high affinity to the S1 subunit and ACE2. There you go, Drew. There's that evidence. It keeps dripping through. And you don't want to recognize it because once you recognize that these disease mechanisms are at play, your whole argument is shot. You are... <laughs> <laughs> Doctors and clinicians, even scientists, are supposed to do no harm. Amyloid beta strengthened the binding of S1 to ACE2 and increased viral entry and production of interleukin-6 in a SARS-CoV-2 pseudovirus infection mouse model. Data from this surrogate mouse model with IV inoculation of amyloid beta-142 showed that the clearance of amyloid beta in the blood was dampened in the presence of extracellular domain of the S-protein trimers. Given the wide ACE2 expression in human brains, a study of particular interest showed that IV-injected radio-iodinated S1 readily crossed by absorptive transcytosis, the blood-brain barrier, in male mice, was taken up by brain regions and entered the parenchymal brain space. IS1 was also taken up by the lung, spleen, kidney and liver. Intranasally administered IS1 also entered the brain, although at lower levels than after IV administration. Similarly, S1 was found to disrupt the blood-brain barrier integrity at a 3D blood-brain barrier microfluidic model. In support of this, biodistribution studies of the mRNA LMP platform by Moderna and Sprague Dawley Rats revealed the presence of low levels of mRNA in the brain, indicating that the mRNA LMPs can cross the blood brain barrier. There is a cited bit of research in direct opposition to what Drew was claiming in that uh, Twitter spaces, talking to Steve Kirsch and um, the Indian fella. That nice Indian doctor. All right. Finally, it was recently reported that human T-cells express ACE2 at levels sufficient to interact with the ACE protein. While it has been shown previously that SARS-CoV-2 uses CD4 to infect T-helper lymph lymphocytes and that S promotes a pro-inflammatory activation profile on the most potent antigen-presenting cells, i.e. human dendritic cells, if these observations have confirmed, they may explain a SARS-CoV-2 uh, vaccination-mediated adverse event, namely the reactivation of varicella zoster virus. Uh, let me just, um, do, 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 do. apparently Bugbrush couldn't reach the black racist audience. <laughs> uh, this guy is a lightweight and is BSing his way through this. Yes, very much so. Like I say, he's learned some talking points and he's out there grifting um, and, and essentially essentially is guilty of crimes against humanity now. That following orders is not an excuse. And it, there's, there's too many there's too many understood disease pathway mechanisms. We've just run through a whole bunch just there. There's still more to go. There's no way that it should it should be a public health mass public health measure. Now something bespoke and tuned to an individual's unique circumstances maybe depending on the type of illness but not what we saw that was that was a war crime
Um, three minutes of heaven. Um, yeah, I, I had this clip ready to play if it's the one I think it is, but um, I, I'll play it. I want to. I want to read the paper and then we'll have a look at some. Um, yeah, I had I had this clip ready to go um, somewhere. This this one, yeah. S-protein induced pro-inflammatory responses and unique gene expression signatures following vaccination. Reportedly, S-protein, apart from the LMP mRNA platform discussed earlier, mediates pro-inflammatory and or injury of different etiology responses in various human cell types, meaning that when it goes round and dis distributes around the body, it's going to have differential effects that were not discussed with the general public. Oh, it just stays in your arm and then just uh, just gets excreted because it's just uh, it's just sh sugars and carbons and nitrogens, like anything else. <laughs> Fucking morons. Uh, let's see. And ACE2-mediated infection of human bronchial epithelial cells with S-protein, pseudovirions-induced inflammation and apoptosis. Also, S-protein promoted an inflammatory cytokine interleukin-6, IL-6R, induced trans-signaling response and alarming secretion in human endothelial cells, along with increased oxidative stress, induction of inflammatory paracrine senescence, which means... Um, cytokine signaled cell death um, and higher levels of leukocyte adhesion. Other reports indicate that S-protein triggers an inflammatory response signature in human corneal epithelial cells. That goes a long way to explaining what they were seeing with the, the damage to the eye. Increases oxidative stress and DNA DS breaks in human peripheral blood mononuclear cells post-vaccination and binds to lipopolysaccharide, boosting its pro-inflammatory activity. Furthermore, S-protein induces neuroinflammation and caspase 1 activation in BV2 microglia cells and blocks neuronal firing in sensory neurons. The S-protein induced systemic inflammation may proceed via TLR2-dependent activation of nuclear factor Kappa B. While structure-based computational models show that S-protein exhibits high affinity motif binding for T-cell receptors and may form a ternary complex with histocompatibility complex class high affinity or sorry complex class 2 molecules indeed analysis of the TCR repertoire in COVID-19 patients showed that those with severe hyperinflammatory disease exhibit TCR skewing consistent with super antigen S protein activation that's the work by Baha et al well, Baha lab which showed that this super antigenic sequence causes significant problems and what are you doing you're forcing the body to make it oh, it's first you work <laughs> in vivo mouse models s protein activated macrophag macrophages and contributed to induction of acute lung inflammation, while intratracheal 
distillation of the S1 subunit in transgenic mice overexpressing human ACE2 induced severe COVID-19 like acute lung injury and inflammation. These effects were milder in wild type mice, indicating the phenotype dependence on human ACE2 expression. Consistently, the S1 subunit has been found to act as a PAMP that via pattern recognition receptor engagement induces viral infection independent neuroinflammation in adult rats, again seeding the ground for these amyloidogenic preanergic disease pathways that fit all the characteristics of an incapacitation agent. Gangster says, getting them to admit there are any legitimate concerns about the vaccines is impossible. They need to revise their script soon. Yes, this is an important point, which gets to, I want to get to this, right? Um, they will not, they will not intellectually, at an intellectually honest level, engage with this data. And something far more dangerous is beginning to emerge. Okay. And like I say, go back and listen to what I was saying at the beginning of this stream about, you know, what... <laughs> what the uh what the controllers have in store for us and um a come by our attitude ain't gonna get you through this right there will be <coughs> there will be barbarians coming for you and how you handle them is uh up to you woke induced lysenkoism is gonna be epic <laughs> yes we're seeing that already. Uh, let's see. Funny how we can't present a single paper to either defend the claims he's making about mRNA vaccine safety or refute the vaccine harms. Yes. Many people are still bamboozled by these narcissists. Not sure how dummy like myself found my way out the brain dead matrix. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> you've got eyes to see, right? <laughs> you can tell something ain't right right now and you know again I, I encourage everyone go watch that stream i did with gaslight and gilligan right just about how they're itching itching for this fight right and in installation of their order now i'm i'm not sure i think we need fascist is too it's too 20th century um we need different descriptors and you know Bolshevism as well, you could argue. It's too, it's too last century. But 21st, 21st century Bolshevism. That's, the, that's how I view this. And it's just, it's collectivized tyranny against the individual. Uh, good doggy says, all that white mansplaining won't win the science debate. Yee! <laughs> We may be giving too little attention, I think that's supposed to be, to pathologies associated with adenovirus-based therapies. Yeah, the the problem is is that they have sort of dropped off the radar and um, they were they were crushed in the marketplace. But any anything that involves these gene gene transfection technologies should be considered highly highly suspect they are not they are not a mass public health measure they can't be because of the complexity in people's different genomes 
I still need a presentation class switching for dummies. Um, I mean, you can sum it up in a couple of sentences, right? So you have IgG2 is an antibody that triggers a pro-inflammatory response that you kind of want when you come into contact with a virus. When the body is seeing the same path or, or antigen again and again and again, like they do through bo boosting, the body knows that it doesn't want to be in that hyper-inflamed state. So what it does is it uses a different type of antibody to interact with that antigen, and that's the IgG4. And it's the same type of antibody that is used for um, irritants like pollen or cat fur or you know things like that. And actually, they're, they're sort of dampening-type responses. So you, it would encourage viremia when you keep getting reinfected. There are no diversity points for lick spills. Ah. <laughs> not from not in my book anyway. <laughs> oh, zzz. with uh, 10 bucks, thank you very much. You can have uh, Saddam Drip, sir. <laughs> So I think we're probably getting to the end, yes. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. So um, these observations correlate with the finding of systemic inflammatory signature after the first uh, Pfizer vaccination, which was accompanied by TNF-alpha and IL-6 upregulation after the second dose. These effects may also relate to a pro-inflammatory action of the mRNA LMP platform. In a thorough systems vaccinology study of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine effects, younger participants tended to have greater changes in monocyte and inflammatory modules one day after the second dose, whereas older individuals had increased expression of B and T cell modules. Moreover, single-cell sing, single transcriptomics analysis of the same time point revealed the emergence of a unique myeloid cluster out of 18 cell clusters identified in total. This cell cluster does not represent myeloid-derived suppressor cells. It expressed interferon-stimulated genes and was not found in COVID-19 infection. Also, it was similar to an epigenetically reprogrammed monocyte population found in the blood of donors being vaccinated with two doses of an influenza vaccine. Whether epigenetic reprogram underlies the enhanced interferon-induced gene response in the C8 cells after secondary Pfizer vaccination remains to be clarified. Finally, a comparison between BNT162B2 vaccine-induced gene expression signatures at day 7 post-prime and post-boost doses and that of other vaccine types, e.g. inactivated or live attenuated vaccines, exhibited weak correlation both between D7PPP and D7PB as well as with other vaccines. These findings suggest that evolution of novel genomic responses after the second dose and, more importantly, the unique biology of mRNA vaccines versus other more conventional platforms. Of particular interest is also the report of a cytokine release syndrome, an extremely rare immune-related adverse event of immune checkpoint inhibitors. 
post BNT, post, post BTN Pfizer vaccination uh, in a patient with colorectal cancer on a long-standing anti-program death one PD-1 monotherapy, the anti-PD-1 blockade mediated CRS was evidenced by increased inflammatory markers, thrombocytopenia, elevated cytokine levels, and steroid responsiveness. These pro-inflammatory effects could be particularly pronounced in the elderly since recent data revealed that senescent cells become hyperinflammatory in response to the S1 subunit, followed by increased expression of viral entry prote proteins and reduced antiviral gene expression in non-senescent cells through a paracrine mechanism. the need to investigate the molecular basis of vaccination-induced adverse events. Anti-SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccines induce durable and robust systemic immunity. It's not true. Again, the efficacy wanes after a few months. So that statement is false. And thus their contribution in mitigating the COVID-19 pandemic and saving thousands of lives is beyond doubt. 2 plus 2 equals 5. This technology has several advantages over conventional vaccines and opens a whole new era for the development of novel vaccines against various infectious and other d diseases, including cancer. Now, again, I wouldn't disagree with that per se, but in this instance, cancer, which is, again, a very um, individual type disease, it depends on your genome your environmental exposures and how you treat that should be tailored very much to the individual and i don't have an issue with this technology being used in such a serious disease in something like SARS-CoV-2 where we're seeing i i don't i wouldn't dismiss it as not being a severe disease it's a complex disease and we don't we're still grappling with all the pathological mechanisms like say if you want to understand about the neuroscience of it that's where i sort of sit and um carved out a little niche and we don't know what the long-term interactions are but we see we see the signals that we would we would block under normal circumstances or, or actively avoid which is amyloidogenic, preenergic activation of disease pathways that can impact the central nervous system. Therefore, where was I? Uh, based on currently available molecular insights, mostly in cell-based assays and model organisms, we hypothesize that rare adverse events reported following vaccination with S-protein coding mRNA vaccines may relate to the nature and binding profile of the systemic circulating antigens. Although the contribution of the LMPs and or delivered mRNA is likely also significant. Therefore, the possibility of subclinical organ dysfunction in vaccinated recipients, which could increase the risk, for example, of future cardiovascular or inflammatory diseases, should be thoroughly investigated. Given that severe COVID-19 correlates with older age, hypertension, diabetes and or cardiovascular disease, which all share a variable degree of ACE2 signaling deregulation, additional ACE2 downregulation induced by vaccination may further amplify an unbalanced RAS. Regarding localization of LMPs in the liver and consequent antigen expression, it is worth mentioning that the liver is continuously exposed to a multitude of self and foreign antigens and can mount efficient immune responses against pathogen as it hosts convectional APCs. 
affect uh, e.g. dendritic cells, B cells, and Kupfer cells. Additional liver cell types, such as liver sinusoidal endothelial cells, hepatic stellate cells, and hepatocytes also have the capacity to act as APCs. It's plausible, though, as yet unproven, that as the S protein is produced in liver cells, both conventional and unconventional APCs may prime adaptive but also innate immune responses in the liver's immuno immunological niche. Despite the liver's major tolerogenic role, the sustained expression of S-protein-related antigens can potentially skew the immune response towards autoimmune-like tissue damage, as in the observed cases of autoimmune hepatitis following vaccination. It therefore merits further investigation whether LMPs can transfect any other non-immunological body tissue-bearing cells that can act as unconventional APCs, thus inducing a sustained immune response, but also a response as in cases of chronic viral infections. So they're concluding remarks. Of course, the 2 plus 2 equals 5 at the beginning. Um, an understanding of the molecular cellular basis of anti-SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccine-induced adverse events is critical for the ongoing and future vaccination and booster campaigns. Is it? <laughs> I think we've seen their failure now. In parallel, the prospective pharmacovigilance and long-term monitoring clinical biochemical of vaccinated recipients versus matched controls should evolve in well-designed clinical trials. Yeah, don't unleash them on the public in the way that you have done. But particularly when it was just about... You know, well, it's a form of warfare being waged against you. Uh, moreover, the use of alternative chemistries for LMPs and of S-protein in its closed form, not prone to ACE2 binding, along with the use of SARS-CoV-2 nucleocapsid protein, which I think would be a terrible idea because it's a highly, highly amyloidogenic peptide, um, or solely the RDB may be valuable alternatives for refined next-generation mRNA vaccines. Finally, as we essentially do not know for how long and at what concentration the LMPs and the antigens remain in human tissues or the circulation of poor vaccine responders, the elderly or children, given the fact that cellular immunity likely persists despite reduced in vitro neutralization titers, boosting doses should be delivered only where the benefit risk profile is clearly established. Overall, parallel to the ongoing research on the most challenging topics of SARS-CoV-2 biology involving dynamics and adaptation capacity to human species, the basic and clinical research, yada, 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 give us more money. Um, again, what, what we've seen is there is a multitude of evidence which points to the fact that there are disease mechanisms that can be kicked into place by exposure to synthetic spike protein, something that that Drew Tit just denies outright, denies outright that there's any risk of amyloidogenic disease mechanisms occurring. You heard him say that. Now, let's let's get to this clip. Okay. Now I'm I, I know what they're gonna say and I, I, I actually need the bathroom. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let this play and hopefully I can get back in time to listen to you're gonna listen to part of the Steve Kirsch debate and then part of um the is this the right one? I think so. Um, you can hear them in their own spaces. They're talking about Kevin McKernan. So um, let me 
do this. I'll be back in a second. Uh, this is from Jicky Leaks, who who can't get on because they, the people would recognize who he is. So he, uh, he, uh, he can't get on Twitter spaces. But he said, someone tell them that 50 micrograms in a rat is irrelevant because the biodistribution study was looking at the lipid nanoparticles and the data supplied was proportional to the original injection. The 50 uh, microgram dose is necessary because the rat does not have the same ACE receptors. So the argument that the dose in the rat was 100x higher is moot. That's completely false, and Jicky Leaks has proven over and over again they don't know what they're talking about. But I appreciate the the uh, words from a novice. Well, I, I've done work with radio isotopes, and I will confirm what you say. You're the novice here. It's quite obvious that you're the novice here. So. Uh, again, again, uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, let's see, Johns Hopkins. Go ahead, and be honest. Public health. Yeah, be honest, man. Department of Public Health. Zero, zero, uh, zero uh, real-world patient interaction. Zero patients treated. Zero injections given. Zero conversations with patients about what drug they need to take. Zero surgery scrubbed in on. So, like, calm down, bro. Mine is a brief just tidbit of information that, unfortunately, I live near Cannabis Kevin. Vaccine advocates scurry to their four times a week echo chamber space. L now listen to this. Play dummy. Mine is a brief just tidbit of information that unfortunately I live near Cannabis Kevin. He lives near Kevin. If you can't see the threat there, then there's no helping you. And I would I just let's let's just see what else. Let him let him hang himself by his own words. Where does old cannabis Kevin live? BC suburbs of Massachusetts. I'm not going to go go too detailed because I don't want to be doxing him either. Sharon. I'll pay you 27 cents if you DM his DM me his address. <laughs> all right. Oh, that is so tempting, but no. Um, that's all I had to say on that one. Yeah. Um, and my by the way, shout out, I forgot to do before I go, uh, shout out to all the, the, the mice who may be either listening or in here in this room. I'm pretty sure Jicky's in. Oh, we're all over you like white on fucking rice now. Trust me. And uh, I, I mean fucking business when I get in this game, right? So I'll, I'll just say this. They are looking, they've, they've doxed me multiple times, right? They are actively doxing and these are antifa types we know this they're admitting to it right <laughs> and you've got to think of this like the again the bolshevik revolution if you're sitting there thinking oh you know i'll just stay out of this and i'll be all right that it, it doesn't work like that and these people are actively colluding and actively looking to dox and to cause harm me I don't have a problem going out and kicking their ass when they turn up at the front door, okay? Um, yeah. <laughs>
to what you do is up to you but there the threat is there drew that dumb fucking nigger is out there threatening people okay and they're trying to ferment trouble it's that simple and you're in a fight for your life you either you either stand up and defend yourself or you're gonna get fucking mode 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 down They did the same with Kevin Bass. Yeah. Um, and look, I'm I'm not the type. To, I don't give a fuck. Right. And the most academic types are, are um, averse to confrontation. I don't mind confrontation. I thrive on it. Right. These. But these people mean active harm. And like I say, they are they are the woke ideologues. They are literally the Bolsheviks of the 21st century. Again, look who Copeland's father is. Look at the position that he holds. These people mean you harm unless you, they're trying to force you to bend to their will. Do not do it. Do not cede an inch to these motherfuckers. I think I don't have much more to say on this particular topic. Um, do not let the race diversity mongers, the chip on the shoulder types, allow you to dictate conversation. Now, of course, not everyone's going to do the approach that I do. I'm doing it to rattle their fucking cages, okay? Because then they expose themselves, okay? And then that makes them easier to take out, okay? Yes, real Bolsheviks. They are real, real Bolsheviks. Look at it. That's your enemy right there, right now. And they're coming for you. They've taken a swing at you already over the last three years. It's deadly serious. All right, let me just see if anyone wants uh, any more pan-Arab chad. If not, we'll uh, call it here, end if the lesson. Come on. No, you are all... The Jew. All right. I am out of here. I've got uh, shit to do. I want to see what they're doing at my roof. And uh, I will see you in the next one. Take care. God bless. Bro, you don't know how angry I am. You do, I'm like, I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off. After reading that little one, I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these peppers. I will fucking kill each fucking pepper. I swear <laughs> This is not a fucking joke anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious. These people don't know who the fuck they're actually saying. Fuck these peppers. No fucking vaccine or ever.